You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Some big articles coming this week at the Do Not Draft list, looking at the fantasy bus by rankings and average draft position, as well as my sleepers, the other side, steals based on their average draft position where they're ranked. Here we're going to continue talking about rankings on Lockdown Fantasy Football. A lot of things happening. Uh, we'll wait until we have the official NFL preseason week one of the books for some takeaways and news notes from those teams early next week. But we'll continue looking at the rankings. We broke down the quarterback expert consensus rankings for you. You use a composite there to tell you what the industry is thinking so you can kind of figure out how to navigate that and know which players are overrated, underrated, sleepers, bust, you can identify rising stock, falling stock. It's all good things to keep track of here. So I don't use one rankings. I use multiple composite and then put my own spin on it with people I like, highlight them and all that. And that's what I'm going to help you do here with the wide receivers as we've done this with the quarterbacks and running backs in our previous two shows. So looking forward to that here in a moment, but I do have to tell you at the top, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, let's uh, dive right in. We'll go 60 deep here, so we'll go a little bit more rapid fire. We'll uh, look at the top 20, the official kind of wide receiver ones and uh, creeping into wide receiver twos, and then uh, we will look at uh, the middle tier where you can find some guys, maybe overrated, underrated, take advantage of that, and then we'll go deeper with the sleepers as we round out wide receiver five. So basically we'll start wide receiver ones, go to wide receiver fives here, 60 deep at the position, and tell you the trends along the way. Let's dive right into tier one. Tier one should not be a surprise to anyone. Maybe a little bit of twist that it's only three players here, but Devontae Adams, Monster season all around for the Packers. He's still locked and loaded with Aaron Rodgers. If there was any concern about Rodgers and Adams at least being together one more year, Adams is a free agent. He's got to fight for his next deal. Will it be with the Packers, with Rodgers, and he stays there? We don't care right now. In redraft leagues right now, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers need each other here, and who knows, they might end up in the same team next year together, where it's Denver or anywhere else here or Las Vegas. So, we're going to watch that, but Adams needs Rodgers. Rodgers is in there. It's all good to go here. Tyreek Hill takes advantage of Patrick Mahomes. So Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, uh, different ways of getting there. Adams is more possession receiver, and uh, half-point PPR, I think he'll have a little bit more volume. Tyreek Hill doesn't have that, but makes up for it with his big plays, yardage uh, per catch with the speed and the scores as well. So both of the guys, good candidates for double-digit touchdowns. Stefan Diggs comes number three. He's not a big touchdown guy. I don't know if you can count on double digits from him. Now that he's comfortable with Josh Allen, but yeah, elite quarterbacks, go-to guys, dominant go-to guys. When you look at the situations here, other wide receivers still trying to be figured out. So all something in common with this tier three, and I 
totally agree with this. This is the way I want to go here. One, two, three. You can't go wrong. There's just too much evidence there that you're making the right picks with these guys. So wide receiver, a little less volatility when you know they're in great situations and they've stayed in that great situation. Now, Calvin Ridley is really rising. So much for getting good value with Calvin Ridley anymore. The Julio Jones trade was big for Ridley's value because it was already pretty high. And remember, he played a lot of last season without Julio Jones in the lineup, and he was still acting like a number one. So people might act this as something like new for Ridley being the number one, but he's kind of been the number one since he was the first-round pick. It's been a transition, and that's why I think they felt comfortable moving Julio. And Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are going to get a lot of targets from Matt Ryan this season. So Ridley, yeah, I love the aggressive ranking here by the industry. He keeps going up here. And uh, look, I think he just falls short of the other tier. I, I think certainly there's an argument to be made. His status with Ryan is going to be big. But you have Kyle Pitts, and I know Tyreek Hill has Travis Kelsey, but we know how much passing volume. I think the Falcons are going to be more of a running, trying to balance team here with Arthur Smith calling the plays. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, probably is can be no lower than number five. It's interesting to see him here. Kyler Murray does have A.J. Green to spread the ball around a little bit, but Hopkins doesn't matter what quarterback he's had, whether it's Houston, Arizona, he's going to get the targets big time. So really, I think you could pull in Ridley and Hopkins to follow in that tier of tier one if you want to look at it here. But pretty good rankings there. I mean, I'm not going to argue with any of that. Now, this is a good debate here. Number six versus number seven, D.K. Metcalf versus his former Ole Miss teammate, A.J. Brown. Now, look, I think the Seahawks are going to more diversify the passing game. So there's that that we have to consider. They might use a third receiver. They might use the tight end, throw their backs a little bit more. D.K. Metcalf, however, special. I think it's going to separate a little bit more between him and Tyler Lockett. You know, Russell Wilson, elite quarterback there. So it comes down to Russell Wilson versus Ryan Tannehill. A.J. Brown now has to contend with Julio Jones being an equal target on the other side. The tight end situation in flux, however, without Jonu Smith. So A.J. Brown could see a bump there. But Metcalf and Brown, look, you're splitting errors when you're going between these two guys here. I do like the quarterback situation a little bit more for Metcalf, and that's uh, why it gets a little bit of a bump up. Justin Jefferson, very aggressive ranking here at number 8. I do agree that he's now the number one, replacing Adam Thielen. The touchdown should have a positive uh, impact here in year two. Everything else was there for Justin Jefferson. He has a little bit of Tyreek Hill quality in him. He profiles as the classic number one. A little bit different, but I think he's more that Hill digs range than a guy that's going to necessarily dominate touchdowns, but Kirk Cousins has got to get him the ball a little bit better. Something that may keep you a little bit away from Jefferson is the fact that there could be a quarterback transition at some point this season, but... Again, same offense, same level of targets here for Kirk Cousins. Jefferson should really uh, step up here, and he finished solidly as a back-end wide receiver. One just is bumping up a, a few notches from his rookie season. The number nine receiver I kind of disagree with because, again, this is a player that didn't have 1,000 yards last year receiving, and he also didn't have double-digit touchdowns. He's just not been a scoring guy. He's Keenan Allen of the Chargers, I think. There's a little bit more upside available with other quarterbacks uh, and situations. Look, Justin Herbert loves Keenan Allen. There's a good connection there, but I think they're going to use guys like Mike Williams and Josh Palmer in this new offense. A lot of Austin Eckler as well in this offense as well for Joe Lombardi. So a little bit more diversified. I don't think Jared Cook will totally be 
just a weak replacement here for Hunter Henry. I think they'll throw to him quite a bit. So Keaton Allen, I just don't feel like he fits in the same profile. And I know this is a guy that, very good route runner, crisp and all that, but the numbers say that there's some limitations there, and he's had some durability issues in the past. So I think number nine is the guy I'm going to avoid here in Keenan Allen. Number 10 on the list is uh, Allen Robinson. I do like Allen Robinson, and what I like is that he produced with a bad quarterback situation. Andy Dalton likes to feed one receiver, so that's going to help Robinson a lot. If you transition to Justin Fields, he's going to be the guy. I mean, right now you're looking at Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet as the best targets there. But Robinson in this offense, really settled, really productive. I think the quarterback situation is actually better between Dalton and Fields than it was with Trubisky and Nick Foles. So really like Allen Robinson at this spot. Definitely would take him over Keenan Allen. Terry McLaurin is at number 11, and this is a tough one because you have Curtis Samuel that could help deflect attention, but now Samuel is hurt. So I think Samuel being hurt certainly helps McLaurin's value a little bit more. And we know with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he tends to lock into one receiver. We've seen it in the past. Eric Decker, Devontae Parker, we've seen it briefly with Hopkins. So Terry McLaurin, I think his value does go up with the Curtis Samuel injury. And again, McLaurin-Robinson, that's, again, very tight for me. Clear number ones in their situations and offenses with an uptick here with their uh, quarterback and passing game situations overall. This is an interesting one here. C.D. Lamb is at number 12. Amari Cooper is down at 15. So, very interesting. I think the news that C.D. Lamb is going to line up all over the field says that he's interchangeable with Cooper at this point. So, Amari Cooper just not as intriguing. Lamb has a higher upside. Lamb was off to a great start. Working primarily with slot, but now they're going to move around. Dak Prescott fully back here. So Lamb, I think, is a little aggressive. There's some good values right behind him that I might look at. But, yeah, it's aggressive, but I do like the thinking that Lamb should be targeted ahead of Cooper in drafts. In between those two guys, Mike Evans at 13, Robert Woods at 14. I don't think it's even a question. Evans is the guy with Tom Brady, the touchdown upside. He trusts him for the big plays as well. Woods is more utilitarian, and I think part of it is that he's got Matthew Stafford now, and Stafford and Woods could certainly develop good chemistry. So I think Robert Woods will be fine. I just like Evans and the touchdowns a little bit more. In fact, Amari Cooper, number 15, there's a couple guys that I think are underrated behind him. Number one is Chris Godwin. I think he'll come back and be the dominant slot receiver. I know you have to worry about Antonio Brown and the tight ends and all that, but Godwin was the man when it wasn't Evans, and they wanted to get him more involved. He just wasn't fully healthy last year for a lot of it. So Godwin and Evans are healthy. They're going to have very close numbers together and a lot more appealing here to Mari Cooper. And Woods, again, has that appeal in between because of Stafford mainly. If it was uh, Jared Goff, I think it would be a little bit off it. I think Julio Jones at number 17 is a bit aggressive here. I don't think the Titans' passing game can support two receivers ranked from 5 to 20 in this. So something to keep in mind. Julio's also got the injury durability factor. He's got the age. I don't think there's going to be enough volume for Julio Jones. So Julio Jones might be on my do not draft list. Now people are pretty aggressive with number 18. It's DJ Moore. I think he could be a few spots lower. Again, Christian McCaffrey's back. That's going to affect DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson's production here quite a bit. Anderson has the connection with Sam Darnold. So DJ Moore, just the quarterback situation is great. I think he was solid last year given Teddy Bridgewater's issues, but they got to use him a little bit more than just as a big play target. I think certainly McCaffrey returning uh, means Moore might see some of that Samuel outside role that he played for half the time last year. But DJ Moore, be careful with Moore versus Anderson. I think this is very aggressive at number 18. Cooper Cup, 
I think between Woods and Cup makes a lot of sense. Woods is first. He's the outside guy. Matthew Stafford has that. But Cooper Cup, again, be wary. It's a new situation. Matthew Stafford does like the slot as well. So Woods and Cup definitely in a better situation with uh, Stafford in there for Goff. Tyler Lockett is someone, this is the last uh, receiver we'll hit in this segment, someone that I would uh, be wary of a little bit. And again, I just think this Seahawks passing game is going to be more diverse. Lockett is more hit or miss here. They did draft a player, Dwayne Eskridge, who's a lot like him. They're going to use Gerald Everett. They're going to use the little backs. DK Metcalf is the alpha number one, so he's fine there as a top six wide receiver in fantasy. But Lockett, again, could be a bit disappointing this year, just the nature of the offense going forward. And uh, the schedule's not so easy either for the Seahawks, so... Yeah, be careful about investing too much in the Seahawks. Deontay Johnson will be our next receiver that we'll talk about at number 21 on the other side of this break. But I do have to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's here, the second half, full swing, headed towards the postseason. You can track all the action Bet Online. NFL is almost here for real. It's already here for week one of the preseason officially after we had Cowboys Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. You also have all the preseason prop bets. You can take futures, who will win the Super Bowl, MVP award odds, and all that good stuff there. So get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, and all your UFC, MMA action before the next pitch or kickoff. We're excited to talk about that. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their run to the postseason and begin their runs in the preseason. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to break down the wide receivers uh, there from uh, 21 to 40, starting with Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. All right, so good run of wide receiver ones. It's creeping into the wide receiver twos. Let's round out the wide receiver twos. They're in order. Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, we mentioned him. Adam Thielen of the Vikings. Kenny Galladay of the Giants. And Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers. So Ayuk might be the most surprising. Deontay Johnson might be a little surprising, given the buzz of Chase Claypool and the big plays and all that. He's a flash receiver. Juju is the old tried-and-true receiver. Where do you go here? I think Deontay is going to be a bit underrated, but I think it doesn't make any sense to have any Steelers receiver ranked higher than a borderline wide receiver 2-3, and Johnson stands out for sure. Adam Thielen at 22, a little bit overrated for me. Again, I didn't like him last year. He came through with the touchdowns mainly, but if you take away the touchdowns, which we know is an up-and-down thing in fantasy football. There wasn't a lot there. Jefferson was separating. It wasn't the Diggs-Thielen kind of combination there for the Vikings. Jefferson was clearly the better overall receiver. Thielen, again, lucked out on a lot of short touchdowns that could easily go to Dalvin Cook and the running backs this year and, and have a bump up there. So, again, I know they don't have a lot. You can see Irv Smith being a factor in the red zone. I think Jefferson is going to be better in the red zone. So take away those touchdowns. Adam Thielen is more into the wide receiver three range at best here. Kenny Galladay, the injury is there. It's also concerned about Daniel Jones. Can he come back fully healthy? He had a different issue. It was the hip last year that cost him games over and over again for the Lions. Now has a little bit of a concern there in the lower body with soft tissue. So Galladay, again, we're hoping he's not a durability issue guy here. But a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of diversity in this offense. I like the concept of Kenny Galladay. I just don't like him necessarily in this giant situation. I do like Brandon Ayuk. 
I'll say I like him even more than uh, Lockett and Johnson here up in this because look, Ayuk, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, Ayuk is a special receiver. And this guy, I would even say he has a chance to be in the top 20. I think that's how good Brandon Ayuk is. I just love the situation. I, I think he's interchangeable Debo Samuel. The 49ers schedule is a piece of cake here coming back from that disastrous injury riddle season last year. So very favorable schedule overall. Ayuk, I love it. And again, Brandon Ayuk, I'm going to bang the table. And if you can get him in a lot of leagues and be aggressive to get him as a wide receiver too, I would certainly do it. Next up is interesting, 25 and 26. So let's take, actually go 25, 26, and 34 looking at the rankings here. Why they're all related. It's T. Higgins first, Jamar Chase second. And then down at the second-to-last wide receiver three spot, we have Tyler Boyd. Now, I don't get it. Jamar Chase, I think, clearly is going to be the number one here. I mean, every reporter here in training camp, I mean, T. Higgins is starting to go down. Jamar Chase is starting to go up. This is going to be a passing team. They don't have a very good defense. They're going to be trailing a lot. Joe Burrow is going to be unleashed here. But Chase is the classic number one. He's going to do everything. So I think between Higgins there's going to be uh, and Boyd, there's going to be more dependent on Higgins, especially for touchdowns, a little bit of work on the outside. Boyd is going to depend a little bit on volume, work in the middle of the field on the slot. So Chase doesn't have to worry about it either. He's going to score. He's going to make big plays. He's going to get volume. So I don't like the fact that, Again, the industry is kind of bunched together, these three guys. I think Chase, to me, I'm interested in Chase as a wide receiver too, where I'm looking at these guys and I don't want them any earlier than borderline wide receiver three. So Higgins is a bit overrated. Chase still underrated. He's almost there, two spots away from wide receiver two status again. Another guy along with Brandon Ayuk that I would take over a lot of players there that I mentioned in tier number four, Moore, Lockett, Johnson, Thielen, Galladay. For sure, Ayuk and Chase, a lot more buzz about them. Now, number 27 is interesting on the list. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Now, let's look quickly where Jarvis Landry is. He's 40, so we'll talk to talk about him in this part of the show. Yeah, so Odell, I like a big rebound. I like Baker Mayfield quite a bit. So people might say this is a little aggressive for Odell, but I think you're actually getting a pretty good deal here because if he's healthy, he's going to produce, and you're going to get way better return here on wide receiver three value, and he is healthy. He do, he was fully unhealthy. You got to give him credit for playing through the injuries. It didn't help in fantasy because he wasn't fully effective. But I think they'll open up the passing game. I think Landry is going to fade a little bit more. Beckham is going to be become a bigger factor. So I love Beckham there in that uh, nice value at wide receiver three, where I'm not interested in Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver four. Chase Claypool is 28th, and I get it for the upside, but just be wary. He's a big play guy, and we know Ben Roethlisberger's arm is limited, and they're going to be more of a running team this year. So they got to get the big plays off play action. That certainly helps Claypool. He's a big target in the red zone as well, but I think this is right. Where I'd still take Deontay Johnson and have Claypool, I think I would downgrade them more, both into the wide receiver 2-3 borderline here. But, yeah, I still would like Johnson over Claypool. Cortland Sutton is also a nice rebound candidate here. Doesn't matter the quarterback situation. I think you just look at him, he trends as a number one. They don't have a lot of reliable targets. Jerry Judy, by the way, is 33. So this is tough. We're going to watch this one carefully between Judy and Sutton. I think just looking at Teddy Bridgewater and and Drew Locke, it's really hard to really want to invest in a Broncos wide receiver. But Judy versus Sutton is a pretty good debate. I still think it's Sutton here because, again, he profiles more like the number one with the size speed on the outside. Judy could see more work in the slot. 
And again, that quarterback situation is really hard because you saw Teddy Bridgewater had the connection with Robbie Anderson, the bigger outside receiver. Drew Locke, I think, was a little bit lost with Judy last year. So Cortland Sutton should have an impact here either way. And Sutton much more preferable than Judy, who was off my radar here as a wide receiver three. Juju Smith-Schuster, also not interested here. It's just low volume in terms of relation to Johnson and Claypool. He also doesn't score a lot anymore. The yards per catch are under 10. Not interested in him. Now, Robbie Anderson, again, this is a better value on the Panthers wide receiver core 31 versus DJ Moore at 18. Again, you have the Sam Darnold connection. Anderson is playing for a bigger deal and I think he just settles in more in this offense a little bit more than DJ Moore. But, again, if they're comparable targets, I'm going to go with the one that's a little cheaper. DJ Chark should be up a few spots here uh, over some guys I didn't like, including Juju and uh, T. Higgins and all that. DJ Chark is the number one in Jacksonville for sure. Bowing through a bit of an injury, should be ready for week one there. He's the number one here for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, LaVisca Chanel's got speed and he's exciting. Marvin Jones has got the experience, but Chark is the overall profile of that alpha, like we see with Cortland Sutton. Sometimes you just have to look, catch radius, talent, skill, number one, can dominate targets. You go in that direction versus reaching for, say, Judy or Boyd, you're next on the list. I'm not interested in that, or Brandon Cooks in number 35 either, just because, look, Judy and Boyd, I get the appeal a little bit because of the talent, but there's a few mouths to feed there. You, and with the Judy, you also forget about Noah Fant being a big factor. And with Tyler Boyd, you also have to think of uh, the tight ends there, CJ, CJ Uzuma coming back as well. So Judy Boyd, less appeal. I want a team to run. Even Brandon Cooks, if it was Deshaun Watson, I'd feel a little bit better about Brandon Cooks for sure. But I don't like it with Tyrod Taylor. I don't like the Texans in general, the bad vibes. It might be a team that I'm totally off of here. 36, again, Debo Samuel. Things sleeping up there. I think I'd be a little wary with the durability issues, but it makes sense why the upside is there for Debo Samuel. So look for that. Will Fuller not interested at all at number 37. That's not happening. Will Fuller is a guy you can't rely on. He's already going to miss week one with the suspension. The injuries are just something you cannot trust. Devonta Smith here at uh, number 38. Injuries, the Eagles passing game, just not giving a lot of vibes. I think I'm going to pass on Devonta. I just don't like the way it started. I don't completely trust Jalen Hurts' passing here, and Jalen Rieger is getting some valuable reps in camp while Smith is out. So Rieger, is, I think, is a much better value a little bit later, and uh, we'll mention about where he's ranked in our final segment. Number 39 is Curtis Samuel. I think you have to be off him. I don't like the developments here, because you have Adam Humphrey here in the mix to be in the slot if they need it. Curtis Samuel is hurt here right now. They're not sure if he's ready for week one. Deami Brown is also making some waves in training camp where he could be the outside deep threat to complement uh, McLaurin. And then you have uh, the situation with uh, the slot being in flux here for Washington. You also have uh, Antonio Gibson. And we know Christian McCaffrey's presence and absence were key to what Samuel did in Carolina in a similar offense. You don't have... Uh, Samuel and now Gibson's getting the key reps. Dimey Brown getting a few more looks. It's not trending well for Curtis Samuel. They spent quite a bit to get him. I get why they didn't have any complimentary receivers, but now Brown has been a pleasant surprise. Humphreys is there. You have Logan Thomas also in the middle field. So Samuel at 39. Avoid. Same with the thing with Jarvis Landry. 
at 40, I think there's a lot of depth there, a tight end and uh, spreading the field and all of that for the Browns. So another reason I like Odell Beckham Jr. to be involved more and really make it work here with Baker Mayfield. All right, so that takes care of uh, our wide receivers all the way through 40 and half-point PPR expert consensus rankings here, what our opinion is, and higher, lower, stock rising trends and all that that you have to be aware of here. There's one major receiver we haven't talked about that has had a lot of... Uh, Big stories uh, written about him of late. We'll get into him in the final segment among uh, 20 others. But I do have to remind you again about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Look, you can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from $353 from a chain store, or you can go to Rock Auto and get that same part for $216. That is a great deal, and Rock Auto prices there are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Check it out there. And look, they have hard-to-find parts. Believe me, I've gone to Rock Auto, and they've been the only solution. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your parts needs. Make sure when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck that you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to close our look at our wide receiver rankings, expert consensus, and what you should do to help you make your own cheat sheet here in 2021. All right, so we've gone through 40 wide receivers. Time to uh, close it and get through our final wide receiver fives, according to what the expert and industry is thinking here. So looking at number 41 is LaVisca Chanel. I do like Chanel, and again, Marvin Jones is ranked uh, down here at 49. I do like Chanel making some big plays. I think it'll be hit or miss. I do see Jacksonville throwing quite a bit, so that opens things up. But Jones has been through the ringer with different quarterbacks here throughout his career and has produced. But I feel like the youth is going to serve a little bit more with Chark and Chanel. So I do like it. I'm just not going to go crazy after Chark for a Jaguars receiver here. I think Chark is the one I'm targeting, but Chanel and Marvin Jones, the split difference could be difficult. Antonio Brown definitely was fantasy relevant for half a season. If you double the numbers from last year, he certainly would be in the wide receiver 2-3 conversation. I'm a little concerned, though, about other people being healthy. The other tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, the running game, just too many mods to feed. And I think this is why maybe people are down a little bit on Evans and Godwin, but I think they're still where the bread is buttered here. Mike Williams, I'm a little bit more hopeful that he can rebound from last year. He's a hard guy to trust. But they need him for sure in that passing game. But Josh Palmer is a threat now, so Mike Williams still may be off him. Michael Thomas comes in at 44. We know he's been in the news a lot. He's dropped 23 spots of late. So he was up there at number 21 and half-point PPR. But it looks like he may not play for a while. He could end up on the PUP list. He could be traded, miss a lot of time here. This is a mess. Michael Thomas was one of the surest, most reliable things in fantasy football. Now he's a guy that you do not want to touch, and you're taking some major chances, and you're going to have to do some things to hedge your bets with Michael Thomas. But, man, Saints passing game, really bad, but guess who goes up but continues to go up in value here? Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's the centerpiece of everything they do. 
here and again. He was firmly in the top four, but there's an argument for him to be number one, and if you take him number one, it's not crazy there, Kamara. But, yeah, this Thomas situation, not good for the Saints at all. Adam Troutman continues to bump up as the target there as the promising second-year tight end. Michael Gallup at 45, a guy not interested again. <laughs> the production if Lamb and Cooper are there. Gallup, nope, I don't want a part of that. Corey Davis, there's been some up and down talk about him, but remember the numbers he put up, and he's the number one clearly for the Jets. They're figuring out everything else. So between Keelan Cole there, Elijah Moore, and uh, Denzel Mims probably fading out of the picture. Jamison Crowder. What I see is Corey Davis. They got him to be an alpha. They're going to use him as the alpha. Profiles as a number one. Devontae Parker, just like Will Fuller. I don't get Will Fuller 37, Devontae Parker 47. I don't like either of those. I don't like two attack bowl in this passing game. So I think uh, that's a situation I would like to avoid, especially when you have Jalen Waddle down at 51 as well. I think one of these guys could emerge, but I don't trust Tua to support three wide receivers here to the liking that we're looking at. So none of them come into the wide receiver starting category, and that's very frustrating. Also not a big fan of Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Sammy Watkins is in the mix, and he's legitimately looking good in Greg Roman's offense again for Lamar Jackson. You also have Rashad Bateman, a first-round pick that they want to use a little bit more. So Marquise Brown probably going to get reeled out of the offense a little bit. He's still a first-round pick and makes a lot of big plays, but now they don't need to rely upon him for the little plays. you got Mark Andrews in the red zone, third of J.K. Dobbins as well. So Marquise continues to uh, trend downward. Marvin Jones, again, not on him at all here with Jacksonville. I would go for the upside of Chanel anyway, but maybe more down here and avoid Jones. Michael Pittman Jr. with the Carson Wentz situation. Really hard to trust, and again, T.Y. Hilton is at 53, so when you see these things in the rankings, that's an indication where people are not sure, we're not 100% sure who's going to be targeted here most and go from there. So, I don't like all that. Jalen Waddle at 51. I do, I'm very intrigued by Darnell Mooney at 52. I think I'd be a little bit more intrigued if Justin Fields was in there, because I think it gives their passing game a little bit more upside, but the reason they moved Anthony Miller, keep that in mind, he's out of the mix, and Cole Komet still has to learn a little bit of tight end, Jimmy Graham has not totally gone away there, so Mooney, I just like this player a lot, I think the Bears like him a lot, and that's big that they'll throw, I think they're going to go away from this like normal kind of dink and dunk type game, so look, Mooney is special, and I think there's things he can do. So I'd rather have a guy like Mooney than someone in a crowded situation there, and I think this is a very good value at number 52 versus uh, the guys around him, including uh, the two Dolphins, Parker and Waddle, the two Colts, Pittman and Hilton, and uh, Brown and uh, Marvin Jones there. At 54, Miko Hardman a little bit under the radar here, but uh, no Sammy Watkins. They could display him a little bit more, but I'm going to proceed with caution. We've seen with Andy Reid's offense, a lot of Travis Kelsey, a lot of Tyreek Hill, they're fine with it, they win a lot of games with it. Why would you incorporate a third target like this? I think if anyone is that third key target, it's Clyde Edwards, the layer of the backfield. Cole Beasley, whatever your opinion on Cole Beasley is, in fantasy, his days are done here. I mean, he was very barely relevant here, not much with the Cowboys, a little bit with the Bills early, but the way the Bills' uh, passing game is going, no, he's not going to be involved. Henry Ruggs the third, yeah, he's intriguing down here as the top Raiders wide receiver. I'd take him down here much more than taking Jerry Judy a lot earlier in drafts. Russell Gage, I do like a little bit, but again, I think it's going to be a lot of Ridley and Pitts and the way they operate this offense. A lot of uh, 12 personnel incorporated by Arthur Smith, so more of a Hayden Hurst there maybe as a sleeper backup tight end versus Russell Gage having the same value. 
Rieger again at 58, Jalen Rieger of the Eagles. I like him. I think people are forgetting that he's a first-round pick as well, and he's been in the offense and has had some more familiarity of late with Jalen Hurts. I know Hurts has had the time of Smith, but Rieger is someone to watch there. Now, Rashad Bateman is uh, 59. Again, Rashad Bateman down here, 11 spots after Marquise Brown. He's intriguing, but again, I want to go for the cheapest value, and I think you have to go all the way down to Sammy Watkins, who's uh, way off the radar at number 78. So that tells you something here that people don't have a good read on the Ravens' passing game at all. Number 60, Nelson Aguilar. Look, I don't want to force a Patriots receiver in here. It's a mess between Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Maybe Nikhil Harry is relevant again. Jacoby Myers is there. Hunter Henry versus Jonah Smith. No, not interested in any of this. And Aguilar, again, was out of necessity for the Raiders. The rookies weren't ready, and he made some plays. He had fantasy relevance for a while with the Eagles as well, working the slot. Just don't love Aguilar with the quarterback situation either. So we said we'll go through 60, but let's go a little deeper to see guys I like and don't like. Elijah Moore at 62, someone to keep an eye on there, especially if he's the primary slot for the Jets. Good chemistry early with Zach Wilson. Traquan Smith, we're going to watch here. He's been talked up quite a bit. Again, I think it's going to be more Kamara Troutman upgrade here if uh, Thomas is out, especially if Taysom Hill has to start because of that trending situation for James Winston. So I like Elijah Moore a lot better than Traquan Smith. James Crowder right behind Moore two spots later at 64, avoiding him. So the other receiver I might look at, Emmanuel Sanders, I think he'll have a little bit bigger role, but he's got Gabriel Davis. So those two guys, 66 for Davis, 68 for Sanders. There, if I had to go for one, I think Sanders just being the veteran presence. Right now, Davis still getting his feet. With, so I like the youngster more over Crowder, but I like Sanders over Davis there if you're looking for some value. There, can't behind, be behind Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, behind DeAndre Hopkins. Darius Slayton, no, not at all on him there with the situation. Sammy Watkins, again, at 78 is someone to watch. Amon Ross St. Brown, probably going to start in the slot at 77. Someone to watch for the Lions here. But, yeah, it, it gets tough here. So that's why we go in the top 60. Ideally, you want to have your starting lineup well taken care of before you get close to wide receiver. Five status, again, there's not... A lot of sure good feelings and vibes about some of the sleeper wide receivers beyond number 60. So get in, get your receivers, get out of there, try to get all of them from the top 60. And again, I would go about five deep at wide receiver on your team, but uh, this is how you should approach this. Uh, go, go with half point PPR because it splits the difference between standard and full, but adjust accordingly for your other formats. But those are just the thoughts here all throughout all the wide receiver fives. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you're listening to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another episode of Locked on Fantasy Football as we continue your draft prep here for 2021 all August long, bringing everything you need to dominate your leagues. No nonsense, straight to the point. Filler, no, we don't have any of that. It's all killer here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, and we're glad that you're listening, and uh, we'll keep it going here five days a week all throughout the season. So thanks for joining us in the preseason. Thanks for joining us for this episode. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. See you next time as we continue to break down our pre-draft plan for 2021.